Andy Brownell on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM with Mike Doherty, a.k.a. Mindot Mike. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. I'm all acclimated to winter again. Yes. Not happy about it either. No, it's it's never, the transition's never pleasant, but uh, it has to happen if we want to live in Minnesota. Yeah, it does, it has to happen every dang year. Well, you brought a guest today. I did. You know, with the snow that we had this week, um, I thought it would be a good time um, to bring in somebody um, who knows a lot about snow plowing, um, what we do out there, um, and have him talk a little bit about you know, the snow plows, the technology, and also, you know, even some driver etiquette. So um, Robert Langanke, um, who oversees our, our Rochester truck station with our maintenance crew here. Um, he's got a big crew that's in charge of Highway 52 primarily, but, um, you know, it's a pretty intense operation. And um, we were just saying off air, he's, he's kind of seen everything in the 32 years he's been here. So thought um, it'd be a good interview uh, for Robert to talk with you today. Great, Robert. You were on, I think it was three or four years ago, you joined us as well. Is it uh, great to see you again, Andy? I'm looking you too, down. Robert. And, so uh, I, guess, uh, I guess maybe just give us an overview of the operations you um, oversee. Okay. Uh, we we'll consider what's called an operations supervisor on highway maintenance here in Rochester for MnDOT. Like I said, I've been doing this for about 32 years now. And obviously, um, winter maintenance is probably one of my main priorities for about six months going straight forward here, trying to make sure we keep those roads safe for the traveling public. Um, and you can to see that people are starting to learn to put their winter caps back on, I guess is the way I always put it. You know, it, uh, that those seasons are here now where we had ice and snow and rain and all sorts of wonderful things that we deal with in Minnesota. So you start this process six months before the rest of us do? I'd say multifunctional. We start about six weeks, maybe, where we start retrofitting our equipment from the summer maintenance issues of, you know, cleaning ditches, fixing pipes, fixing uh, paving roads, stuff like that. And then we start retrofitting the equipment to put on all the snow and ice components with the brine tanks, the wings, the plows, the sanders making sure everything's functioning and ready to go for when uh, when mother nature does decide to give us a mess we can put the truck drivers out there and try our best to keep those roads safe i'm always fascinated by the logistics of this whole thing that you're not plowing snow yet but you're already getting ready to plow snow and have to make that equipment change which i i imagine makes some of the other operations more difficult once you have all that other equipment on the trucks absolutely you know, it, uh, it best serves the public, you know, the equipment we own is multifunctional. You know, there's certain things that are specific, I should say, for the sea, such as a big engine-driven snowblower. You know, you definitely don't need that in the summer, but all our dump trucks, all our snow plows and stuff like that, they definitely just don't sit in a corner until they're needed and have dust collecting on them. We're using them all year round. So in the technology and all the equipment that they have added to these um, units that we have here, it makes the job more efficient to making sure that we're doing the right amount of material at the right time and being able to be a cost savings to the people of Minnesota. So, How, how many trucks do you have running out of the Rochester Center? I myself have 15 right here in our truck station. And we take care of approximately each and every truck takes care of about 40 lane miles of highway. 
So we're awfully close to about 400, 380, 400 lane miles just out of my area. Now, if we talk southeastern Minnesota, which is our District 6, there's actually over 100 snow plows taking care of just the southeastern corner of our state. So there's lots of MnDOT equipment that's out there doing the job for people. Wow, I, yeah, 100 trucks. Um, everybody has workforce issues, it seems like. Finding yes. people to put in those seats. You have 100 trucks. Have you, uh, has MnDOT faced those same kind of challenges, finding enough people to man those trucks? Um, we still are bringing people on as people retire and we're adding personnel to be able to be, make sure we have a backup complement of people to be able to perform this job. One of our struggles at the moment we're having a little bit is, you know, the federal government uh, changed a little bit on what's called the commercial driver's license requirements. And most CDL operators were grandfathered in when the law changed last year in February. Now, for a person to get that commercial driver's license, there's a few more steps that they have to go through. It takes a bit more time. So there's approximately 40 hours of uh, in-classroom training and then about 40 hours behind the wheel before a person can even go down and take the test at the driver's license bureau. So we're making sure that the people we put in this heavy, large equipment on the highways is skilled efficient and safe than making sure that they can operate out there with the rest of the traveling public. It's amazing to see what they can do with those big rigs when you watch them in action. Uh, not <laughs> not a job I'd want in the middle of a blizzard, that's for sure. Absolutely. Most people have to realize too, you know, that big, large orange tank, I would call it, but it looks like it's massive going on the roadway, handles really no different than a car. It can slip, it can slide, it can do, you know, it slides into a ditch like anybody else with a, what happens with our roadways. Big thing is also that driver's just not got his hands on that wheel. He's also watching his wing, he's watching his plow, he's treating the road with his chemicals, and he's watching the traffic around him too. So usually after a 12 hour shift, Drivers are pretty tired out, and they, we definitely try our best to give them enough rest before Mother Nature decides to make a mess again. Well, maybe we should talk about that equipment. You always refer to them as units, but I'll say snow plows. What kind of equipment is added to those dump trucks, I guess, to get them ready to move the snow and ice? Okay. Well, I'm going to go over my past history of everything here. It used to be back when I just started... There was just two knobs on the, what we call the firewall between the seats. One would adjust your spinner, one would adjust your auger. You throw out your material, and that's how you did things. Nowadays, we have computers in these trucks. They have an on-screen radar. We also implement what's called the MDSS system, which stands for Maintenance Decision Support System. We have a software um, program that actually helps that operator know how many pounds per late mile to put on that road to take care of business, to get things back to a wet, dry condition or something of that nature to make the, the road safe again. Plus that whole system, that driver out there on that road, when he's updating his data on his computer, is also indicating what's called the 511 map, where people can interact and see on the web what's happening in Minnesota. We know there's a storm going through. Where is it really bad? Where is it just getting light snow? We can tell people the road conditions. 
And we could do that in real time. So when that driver goes out, he loads his truck, he heads to his route that he's assigned to do. He pulls over to the shoulder and takes him about three minutes to indicate on his computer where it's partially covered, where it's fully covered. And then that information through GPS, through cell phone signal, goes to our server, updates the website to let the people know, hey, it's maybe a little slick in Rochester because it's been snowing down there. So we try to give her best info that if you're traveling across the state, that you kind of what condition that you're going to probably meet into. You mentioned that computer that helps decide what kind of mix goes on the roadway. How does it determine what should be applied at any given moment? It's a, it's a system that actually interacts with a program that we've downloaded tons of data, I'll just say. We know well enough that, say, for example, straight salt works probably about best down to about 15 degrees. Then we know below 15 degrees, we have to either add an alternative chemical at a certain percentage to keep melting that ice. So this computer has all this data that after it looks at temperature, wind speed, road condition, it'll compute on a suggestion what that operator should be doing out there. Like right now, this past week, we have uh, are adding some uh, alternative chemicals because the temperatures are dropping below that 15 degrees at night. So we can still function in trying to get that ice off rather than just throwing salt to it, which will do no good until it warms up. Yeah. So we have to take a break already. I imagine, Robert, when you started this in this business 32 years ago, I imagine you never thought you'd be saying the words server and upload. And Absolutely not. <laughs> you saw this computer gar- jargon when you're talking about cleaning the snow and ice off our roads. <laughs> it's I fascinating. One, one computer in the high school when I graduated. Now there's one <laughs> behind every desk of every student, so... In, uh, in your pocket, and yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking about um, how MnDOT deals with uh, snow events and keeps our roads as safe as possible when we get to our frigid winter months. And we'll return in a moment on Newstock 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. This is the Family Service Rochester Mental Health. It's MnDOT Mike with us. I'm Andy Brownell, Newstock 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. And Robert Langanke who is, I'm going to get the title right, Rochester Supervisor of Everything. I'll just say everything. (laughs) (laughs) He's the go-to guy. (laughs) Yeah, his folks do uh, a little bit of everything, and and everybody counts on it. They just don't realize that his folks are the ones taking care of it all. Yeah, and uh, I'm just, when we're talking about the technology that's in these snowplows now, and I'm thinking back to when you started over 30 years ago and you mentioned you had two knobs to run the auger and what you were the spinner and you know what one blade on front of the truck we had a wing on them too but, okay uh, and now they got a motor grader blade it's an underbody plow they call it for compaction of ice and we've got what's called zero velocity sanders and what that means is if the truck's going down the road at 20 miles an hour or so applying chemical, it's actually shooting that material backwards at 20 miles an hour because you don't want it to hit the ground running. It's kind of like the good old days when I was out road tripping as a kid and you took a beer bottle and threw it out the window. It's going to roll down the highway always. <laughs> well, now when you're throwing it backwards at 20 miles an hour, it drops right where you threw it. So 
<laughs> that's that's a great way to describe it, Robert. <laughs> and, and I've seen the rigs now too. Um, it's you know the front plow. You mentioned the wing that you put out and clean off the shoulder with, but I've seen them also. They they extend other. Th- can you go even wider and clean off th- almost two lanes at the same time now as well? With new technology, we started, we actually now down in our district, in the Rochester area, we have what's called a tow plow. This is a trailer-mounted 24-foot plow blade that can be pulled behind a specially equipped truck. It has a turreting rear axle, so he can actually deploy this thing with the blade down, swing it out to his left or right, so wherever his plowing wing left off, which will take an area about, I'd say, 18 feet or so of roadway plowing, he can now do an extra 12 to 15. So he can clean pretty close to two and a half lanes at once with just a specially equipped truck. Um, it's a very expensive piece of equipment, but it's also a very efficient piece of equipment. Um, we've known and seen that we can clean these roads so much faster utilizing that. The downfall is the cost. Um, just that toll plow unit itself is a little over $300,000 in wow. that piece of equipment. Yeah. We learned a little bit of this technology from a few other states. North Dakota utilizes them quite a bit on their interstate system. We've seen how they function, work with it. We are now implementing it into our system that we have here. And it's definitely going to be something you're going to see a bit more of. You're going to see more equipment, tow plows, and being able to clean these roads, much wider swath paths going through, and being able to make roads safer, quicker. I imagine that that's going to take a lot of extra training for the operator. And also, I'm I'm guessing you probably can't use that during peak travel times just because <laughs> um, actually, actually yes we can and what we've done is to make sure that the public is safe because usually they did never seen anything like this it's going to become more and more familiar in time but we'll put some vehicles behind it blocking the traffic back just to let this thing do its job um, it can travel at pretty good speeds and it all depends on snow depth and um, obstructions and road curbs and stuff like that. So yes, there is much more skilled trainer. We make sure that he's qualified to be able to perform doing it. And anyhow, we give him some traffic control. State patrol even comes and helps us out when we're utilizing some of this gang plowing type technique. Be able to clean everything like from Highway 52, which is three lanes in one direction, some places even four cleaning everything from left and right for one swath going through rather than multiple passes back and forth. During the last snowstorm that we had this week, I know it was a relatively small one, even though it seemed like, what, I think they said statewide, 400 crashes during this thing. Of course, the Twin Cities got almost eight and a half inches, I imagine that's where most of the action was. But did you uh, do you do the gang plow for a snow event like that, or is that reserved for the big storms when you get them all out at once and push up the highway. And we'll do it for just about any event that has at least three to four inches of snow over an eight hour period. We actually did um, it last night. Actually this past Monday night it was 
Monday night or Tuesday night, we had it out there. We, we did do the gang plow through the corridor in Rochester. And we were able to take all that material during the snow event and make the road a little bit more bare. Didn't have the traffic packing down that snowfall that was still existing coming down. So you're going to see a lot more of the gang plow operations in Rochester. Just because of how quick and efficient we can be able to perform helping the traffic that's transversing through our community. Um, for example, Highway 52 has, if I remember correct, the last average daily traffic count of right around 80,000 vehicles in each direction on Highway 52 through town. Oh, yeah, I believe it. You know, so that's a lot of cars that actually are moving at pretty high speeds, wanting to get to their destinations. And with this equipment, we can make sure the road's much more safe for them. So that's just amazing to see that when it happens. I, I haven't seen it in person, but I've obviously seen a lot of videos of the coordination. It's almost like the Blue Angels heading up Highway 52. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. And uh, <laughs> so it's, um, it's something that our Metro personnel have probably been doing for a couple more years more than we have here because just due to the magnitude of the traffic but it definitely myself speaking for the rochester area you're going to see it a lot more just because how much more efficient it is being able to perform our job duties and get the roads back to a safe sure. condition by the game plowing that way this is awesome we're talking uh snow removal and keeping our roads safe uh during the winter which we are just getting into uh, with Midnight Mike, who's been silent throughout much of the program. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> Robert Langanke, uh with Midnight here in District 6 at Rochester. We have to take a quick break for news, but we'll be back in a moment with more on Rochester Today. News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. This is Rochester Today. I'm Andy Brownell with News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. It's our monthly chat with Midnight Mike, Mike Doherty with the Minnesota Department of Transportation, and he has brought along a special guest, Robert Langanke with uh, Midnight here in Rochester in charge of all these uh, snow removal operations. 32 years of experience. And you, you and I were talking before we started the show that you started right before the 91 blizzard, the uh, Halloween storm. So That's correct, yeah. It's right. uh, I remember that one actually at um, at the end there and how long it took to clean that up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it iced over right away. Well, we had the ice first that was so thick and then the snow on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we say, the good old days. But what I really wanted to talk to you about, Robert, was um, safety. Because this past snow event we had here in the state of Minnesota, I already mentioned there was more than 400 crashes and hundreds of vehicles in the ditch and spinouts and jackknifed trucks. And um, there were some injuries too. So, I mean, it, it wasn't just property damage. And we go through this every year that at the beginning of the season, it seems as if <laughs> people can't stay on the roadways. Do you have any advice for the people who are out there, the traveling public is from your perspective as a person who's involved in snow removal and, and getting the roads to the point where they're safe again? Absolutely. I appreciate you bringing that up there, Andy, because uh, I've always looked at that concept, and I know my plow operators do too, is what can we do to make these roads safer for people performing our jobs? So I kind of wonder exactly 
where what's going on what's going wrong i guess i think part of it is just getting used to coming from driving on a safe dry road in the summer and now having the transition into our winter winter caps i'll call it in we live in an environment in a time that we have kids uh, we have expectations that need to be done you have to be to work on time things that nature well, so much of that can be done by pre-planning. And what I mean is, I know well enough for myself, it takes me 21 minutes from the time I start my pickup to the time I pull into the shop here. In the summer of the dry road, that's perfectly safe and fine. But in the winter, if it's snowed overnight or you got ice, you obviously have to drive at slower speeds to make sure that you're safe. I really like to see the people start thinking a little more on that concept, thinking about, okay, weather forecast says we're going to have some problems so I may have to add another 10 to 15 minutes on my travel from then I don't have to do a roadway speed I can slow down to my half that speed still make it the word work just as safe so it's planning part of it I think a little bit too is driving etiquette um like I said we live in an environment nowadays that we're we're being pushed we're being expected to do more with some do more efficiently, I guess way of putting it. I think very highly of all these commercial vehicles out there that are hauling all our goods across our transportation roadway system, but they're also being expected to be at a certain location, unload. And I'll just use that as an example, you know, their goods to a facility or something like that. Um, that common denominator of ice, snow, crosswind, blizzards, whatever, those are things that we all got to take into consideration. And we know, and that's where planning comes in. And that's where I want to see our Minnesota drivers plan your events, plan your trips, slow down, take a little more time. You can definitely control a vehicle doing a lot less speed. If it's normally doing 60, 70 on a highway, if you bring it down to 50, 45 miles an hour, you're going to be able to react quicker to an ice condition or a vehicle that maybe has lost control, spun out, things like that. Also want to press into, please never use your cruise controls in the winter. Cruise control is a wonderful aspect of a vehicle where you can actually be a little more comfortable and relaxed, even though you're behind the wheel. You can focus a bit more on the road itself, but that vehicle doesn't understand what ice is. So when it starts to slide a little bit, it's going to probably try to maintain speed and those wheels will spin. It, it's just a computer in there, but it doesn't have the ability to understand I'm spinning because it's icy. So then an operator will, will all of a sudden be, you know, awakened to the circumstance will all of a sudden hit the brakes maybe a little too hard. Now you compounded the problem. Now your vehicle's starting to slide. So I suggest everybody in the winter, don't even use the cruise control. Always use your foot to be able to control your speed of that vehicle. So things like that. Well, even on a dry road in the winter, um, I've seen it happen in front of me that like a, an overpass on a highway that you can have a little slick spot just right underneath the bridge. Yep. And I've seen cars, and I know the cruise control is on because I'll see them just, whoo, the back end will go just way out on them. And thank goodness they didn't crash, but like in a split second, it happens that fast. It's uh, you brought up an 
interesting subject. You said like under a bridge. So people are kind of wondering, why is it icy under the bridge but dry everywhere else? Yeah. Well, think of it. It's the terminology. It's called convection. Now, that bridge is sitting on big concrete structures, big footings, things of that nature where it can either retain heat or release heat at a slower rate than everything else. So in other words, when that road comes up just enough high to the temperature where it's melting everything off, under that bridge, because of all that other structure, it takes a little longer for that temperature to restabilize. Bridge decks, prime example, it's being attacked by the weather from below it, above it, on the sides of it. They're the first things that actually start accumulating snow and ice right. because of convection. So it's always been, you know, understanding that, okay, the road looks good, but sight distance down there, I see a bridge coming, good possibility it might be slippery. So, How about the operators of the snow plows? We're talking about etiquette. Um, I've witnessed people doing crazy things to pass a snow plow, and that's unimaginable to myself. <laughs> Number one, that rig is huge. It's got blades on it for another reason. And it's just one of those unfathomable behaviors of drivers that I've witnessed. From a driver's perspective, how far back do you want me to hang out? I like to hang approximately 10 vehicle lengths. And so in other words, if you're in normal traffic at normal speeds, and I'll just use Highway 52 through town, you know, if you've got about four or five vehicle lengths of yourself during normal conditions, then on a dry summer, July day, that's pretty safe because just in case that vehicle in front of you has to make an evasive maneuver, you have a bit more time to react. So being able to keep that distance is very important. But now let's add in ice. Let's add in snow, compacted snow, freezing conditions. Your vehicle You'll push on your brakes, but it's going to take so much longer for your vehicle, even with anti-lock brake systems, to be able to get a grip to that road to be able to slow down so you don't get the vehicle in front of you. So when you're talking about the etiquette of driving around these snow plows, we do emphasize, please understand that that plow is out there for them. We're out there being able to try to clear that road. He's got more than just a job of just steering the one down the highway. He is watching around him 360 degrees. He's watching, scanning in front of any obstructions. His plow is down. He's making sure he is, or his wing, so he doesn't hit a curb line. He's also probably also adding chemicals onto the road behind him after he plowed it off to be able to take any of that residual ice or snow out there and melting it off. So he's multitasking consistently doing his job when he's on the highway. And on top of that, you need didn't mention visibility. I mean, you're out in a, a weather event where usually you can't see anywhere near as well as you normally can. That's right. That's why there's so many strobe lights on these trucks. Um, we've got configurations of yellow and blue. And sometimes the blue is about the only thing that stands out during that whiteout condition. Because of its darker color, we utilize strobing. Uh, so it's flashing on and on to hopefully get that driver's attention that's behind you and there is that vehicle up in front you know he's out there he's kicking snow off the road but that crosswind is kicking it back too so he's getting yeah. most of it off but any of the lighter fluffy stuff flows in behind him it's and we normally even then to be able to minimize that impact is slow down even more 
So in other words, he's going to probably may at times be just be creeping along that highway, trying to push everything off without causing a snow cloud. We've had considerable number of accidents with state snow plows due to the cloud factor. Sure. Yeah. I, I always think of it this way, that for a moment in time, if I'm in a snow event and going someplace, I get to have the best road conditions possible if I stay behind the plow. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere else. Well, we have to take another break already. This is amazing. We're uh, talking about removing the snow from our roadways, which will be a more and more common event in coming weeks and months as we enter our winter season here in Minnesota. It's Mindot Mike with us, Robert Langenke, and uh, I'm Andy Brownell. We'll be back in a moment. On News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. This is the Family Service Rochester Mental Health Minute. Along with Robert Langenke and Mindot Mike. Mike Doherty from the Minnesota Department of Transportation here at News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Um, Robert, you were talking about the duties of the snowplow operator and how intense it is. Maybe you could describe how a typical day goes for a snowplow operator when, as in earlier this week, we knew we were going to have a snow event. So okay. what happens to the to the crew guys? Well, the way we have it set up is, you know, we're thankful for such accurate weather technology that we do have. It's not a perfect thing to know exactly when it's going to start snowing, but it's pretty close. So what we do is if we see like a forecasted snow event coming through, looking at the forecast, we will pre-plan. In other words, I will do a quick pre-meeting with the employees requesting at a different start time. We can move their start times making sure that we're in the vehicles, ready to go as often as we possibly can. Plus, then it gets them an opportunity when they're not here, deal with their family functions. Um, advising your spouse that, you know, I probably can't make it to the son's basketball game because I'm all, I'm planned to be at midnight at midnight to be able to do my job. So we give them pre-warning as much as we can so they can at least make sure that they can come in rested and fully functional without having too many stresses in their own lives that way. When he comes in, the vehicle has to go through with any commercial driver's license operator. He has to do what's called pre-trip inspection. He has to make sure that truck is safe to be on the road. He's gonna check all his components. He's gonna make sure all the systems are working correctly. And then he's gonna sign a slip because he is liable for that out there. He's He has to make sure that he is going to that if he did, God forsaken, have a, a bad accident, he's going to be liable for also part of the investigation of it. So they do a wonderful job. We are top notch when it comes to making sure that we are maintaining our equipment and making sure it's safe for that operator to be out there performing his duties on the public roadway. He'll get an opportunity going out, load his materials onto the truck. It might be an alternative chemical because of the cold winter drifting or cold temperatures to deal with, salt, sand. He'll do what's probably been designated by myself or another supervisor because we take a look at these parameters of what's happening at, in our environment prior to and make sure he has the right tools for his job. Then he'll go to his route then he'll pull over to the shoulder for a few minutes and get on that onboard computer. He can take a look at a radar. He can see how far out the event is coming with the color changes. 
he's going to take a look at his road conditions. He's going to indicate what he sees. And it's going to give him send back a quick recommendation of what he should be doing on that road at the present moment. So it's an interactive flowing system that all this is happening. It's all happening at real time. How far of a piece of highway is each operator responsible for? Each one has roughly in Rochester itself right around 39 miles. So that might be 18 and a, uh, 19 and a half one direction, 19 sure. and a half back on the road. But right around 39 is pretty much. And his normal speeds, actually, when it comes to, like, application of chemical, he's right around 20 miles an hour or less. Even though this zero-velocity equipment is really great, we want to make sure all that material that we're putting out is on the road doing its yeah. job. If he drives too fast, it rolls off to the shoulders, which does no good for the traveling public. So we want to put it right where we can do the job most efficiently and making sure that we're getting our best bang for the buck, let's say, for the, all the materials that we're using in Roch. You know, just a little example. Myself, with all the emails in Rochester, on an average, I go through close to 5,000 tons of salt in one year. That's just in Rochester itself. But that's due to having three to 50 different snow or ice events yeah. and being able to apply materials because salt is a natural material that comes from Mother Earth. It's about the most cost effective and it takes care of business pretty good. But when we don't have just that perfect condition to use salt, like I said, we have a backup, which is alternative chemicals that are environmentally friendly. They can drop the freezing points. So we can effectively take ice off a road, I'd say pretty close to 15 below zero. Wow. But when we do get to those really cold days of January and February, then we're switching over to just doing an abrasive, such as sand. A lot of our public works and county facilities utilize sand quite a bit, and it does function well. But we've noticed that it's more efficient that we try to get everything off the road rather than just put an abrasive, because there's also a cost of cleaning all of that in the springtime. And that's where you want to save some of the taxpayer dollars, because we don't want it getting into our storm sewers. We don't want it compiling in areas, because it's a, it's a contaminated material that we can reuse, screening it and find other functions for it. So we're always trying to balance Mother Nature's and our environment with our needs. I did not know that you reused the sand. That's interesting. It's only usually in for Mendon now when it's extremely cold. Um, but you guys in the springtime will try to scoop up some of that and filter it and use it for other things. And we scoop up actually hundreds of tons of it here in Rochester, wow. right through 52. Uh, we have a right now a mutual agreement. We work really well with the city of Rochester, which does the same. We work together being able to remove contaminants and actually, according to environmental guidelines, being able to dispose of it appropriately. So we're impacting the least impact on the environment as possible with use of these type of materials. I learn something new every day at this job. <laughs> And Mike usually brings me something new every month when we're talking about what MnDOT operations are doing. This, it's been very, very interesting, Robert. I appreciate both you and Mike coming on today to talk about that. Maybe just one more time we'll stress. Stay back at least 10 car lengths. Slow down. And as Robert, you said, take the time to plan ahead to 
have that cushion of time. So you don't have to be in a hurry. Another one, too, I'd like to add really quick, too, is, you know, forbid that it does happen, that you become into an accident. Um, understand that's a stressor for the driver and occupants of the vehicle. The best and safest place that after that accident occurred is just staying inside it. We have camera systems. We have operators. Um, we're going to get to you. We're going to get you there as fast as we can efficiently and get you the help needed. Um, I'm constantly patrolling the roads too during winter, assisting other drivers out there that if their vehicle stalls or they get into a fender bender, stuff like that. But we want to make sure that if you get outside your vehicle, now you don't have any protection from another vehicle possibly sliding into you. So the safest place, stay in the car. It's going to be the warmest. You have a cell phone, practically everybody has one. Don't be afraid to call for help, and we'll get help there for you. All right. Wish we had more time, but we have to run. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. It's great to talk to you, Mike, Andy. It's yeah, awesome. you too, Robert. It's good to see you again. Hope we yeah. can uh, get caught up again next next year when the winter season starts. <laughs> Thanks Always again. It. Yep. Take care. It's been Rochester Today here on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Finding great candidates to hire can be